This is because I want to. Hello, and welcome back to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And we have returned. We're back. Hi. (laughs) Hello, hello. To be fair, we've been gone for two weeks, and it's mostly my fault. And when I say it's mostly my fault, I mean it is completely my fault. (laughs) You know what, though? It was, like, perfect timing, because we're due for a little break, and then a little revamp of a new season. Yeah, man. My computer ate our audio (laughs) for the last episode. We found, like, legitimately fucking ate it. Um, And then last week was my birthday, so. Yeah, so... I mean, I thought about should we re-record that genius episode, but I don't really feel like it. I don't want to, so <laughs> it's just you are all going to have to imagine it. But I feel like should we at least tell the people who we talked about, like give a little like brief in case. Who did I talk? Who did I talk about? I know who you talked about. You don't know who you talked about? <laughs> who did I talk about? You talked about Alan Turing. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Pride Month. Wow. Alan Turing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I talked about a lot of stuff I didn't understand. Basically, (laughs) he's the forefather of computer science. He did a lot of code breaking in World War II. And the British government thanked him Hmm. by basically murdering him for being gay. It's great. After that episode, I want to do a deep dive on him and, like, what exactly happened? Because it was, like, very odd, very strange. It wasn't, though, for the time period. Sad. It's just strange to us because we have basic human decency. I know, right? And, like, the queen doesn't. Well, not that she wasn't the queen at the I time. I mean. The crown. She was the queen. In World War No, she II? wasn't yet. No, we looked it up. We looked it up. She was like a year off from being inaugurated when that happened to him. Well, from my knowledge of she's the movie, old. the Queen's <laughs> speech, her father had to give that like big speech when everything was going down, like at the very beginning yeah. of World War II. But yes. I talked about Juana Inez de la Cruz who was a genius lady in the 1600s in Mexico who became a nun because at the time, if you were a single woman, there were like limited things you could do. And she like subtly fought the patriarchy through writing like plays and essays and shit. And she was like a proto-feminist, which is really cool. And we love her and we promote her and you should look up more about her. Yeah. So sorry about... Yeah, that episode, but shit happens, I guess. What are you going to do? But it has brought us here to the birth of season three. (laughs) Can you? I mean, season three. And also, we're not like audio editors. We don't know what we're doing. We really don't. Like doing what we we really don't. (laughs) (laughs) There is there is no high tech anything going on when we record this shit. Here we are, season three, and we're almost like a year in to what we started, which is like really cool. That's crazy to me. I know. And I think we're going to theme our season three. Is that what we decided to do? Sure. Yeah, I think we're we're going to hit it with a, a pop culture theme. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll just talk about like 
we have some ideas. I don't want to say too much, but just general pop culture movies. Movies and moments, I suppose. Moments. Movies, moments. Iconic things. Iconic things. And if we want to stray away from that, we always can because it's we brand ourselves as because I want to. So we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So if you get attached, too bad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should work on that. You should work on letting yeah. go. <laughs> God. You don't want to get too attached to the promises we make because we're, you know, we have <laughs> other shit going empty. on. truly empty. We have other shit They're going truly, on. Truly, yeah. <laughs> truly empty. You're on summer vacation. I have been freed. Yeah. And it feels good. It feels really good. Although I do have work next week because I agreed to do some things. So that kind of sucks. But that's okay. How long do you have work It'll for? It'll be fine. So I agreed to do three days of stuff this month, like a week of stuff next month, and then like a few days of stuff in August. That's not too bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. I was reading that people are having a really hard time finding summer school teachers because teachers are just burnt the fuck out. (laughs) This year's Mm -hmm. been really hard. They paid, they said they would pay double for people to do summer school. And I still was like, nope, can't do it. Yeah, and it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. And I just, I think I would have had a mental break. <laughs> All the like Facebook posts I've seen from people I know who are teachers are like, thank God that year's over. We made it. We crawled across the finish line. They're all of that like thought. <laughs> Literally like a slow crawl. Like even the kids felt it. You could tell it's very anticlimactic, very just like, and we're done. What a miserable, grueling year for everyone. Yep. I was like, let's all exit quietly. (laughs) Be done. Let's all just exit and pretend that never happened. Literally, that's what I'm going to do. It's the year that in my brain, I'll be like, that's a fever dream. It didn't happen. It really has been a fever dream. That's how I feel. It really has. But yeah, so... It's been good. I am not at work. I've read two books since school has ended. It's good stuff. Wow. Okay. That's, That's a lot all I've of been reading doing. in a short amount of time. That's all I've been doing. School's been out for what? Four days? Yeah. <laughs> what books? Um, I reread Royal or Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, I, it wasn't a book, but I read like the longest fan fiction ever it took me all day um and now i'm finishing up okay have you seen that book what is it ice planet barbarians on tiktok no oh we must live on different tiktoks but anyway (laughs) it's a smut book that everyone's been like you gotta read it and i was like i don't know if the plot of that is for me so i looked up the author and she had another series and i was like maybe that one's for me so I've been reading that. Wait, smut, but it's Ice Planet Barbarians? Yes, it's, I believe, the plot of <laughs> Yeah, tell me. <laughs> I'm curious. So, <laughs> such a wheezy laugh. <laughs> uh, so I believe the plot of it is, like, a bunch of women get, like, kidnapped by, like, aliens or something, and they crash on this planet inhabited by you know these giant blue men barbarians Um, yes (laughs) and it's an ice planet and basically uh 
sexy time commences. Uh, okay. I, however... Does it end with them, like... Dude, there's, like, 20 books. Oh, my God. Okay, never mind. It's, like, a whole (laughs) saga. (laughs) There's, there's like, holiday special books and stuff. Okay. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing that doesn't take itself too seriously. So you just, you know... Get through it real quick. But the one I'm reading has dragons in it. Because, you know, dragons. Dragons are fun. Yeah. Sexy dragons. Um, <laughs> do sexy things happen with these dragons? When they look like people. Oh, so they, like, change form. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I figure I was like reading it and I was like, this is kind of weird. And then I was like, but in Harry Potter, they turn into like stuff. Dragons? That's not weird. No, I mean, but they like oh, have the, the animagus. Do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So it's something like weirder than that. Also, no, I won't bring this up now, but when we do our Harry Potter episode, I have a very large question that I thought of when I was going to the bathroom earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> so my musings from the toilet are as follows <laughs> about it's something about azkaban so just make a note of that i have like a question i have i want to know your thoughts on it whole list of harry potter musings i'm keeping track of as i've been reading all these books so maybe we should excellent do, we should do harry potter maybe next week all right i'm down but yeah i was like sitting there and i was like it I just, I have, I have a question. Shall we move on to our topic? I'm really excited. Friend, you have not told me how you are. How are you doing? How's I'm life? fine. There's nothing new. My job's boring. My life's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fine. <laughs> Literally nothing to tell you. <laughs> you say that like the things I'm telling you right now are... The height of thrills. I'm like, let me tell you about these books I read. (laughs) Well, I mean, my thing is, okay, I will say, the thing about, like, my job, if I were to talk to you about it, I'd be like, well, I cataloged a lot of books this month. Like, that's not interesting. (laughs) I think that's interesting. I like library science. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say I've started watching the show Pose. Have you watched it on Netflix? I have not, but I've heard good things. <sighs> it's really good. It's really good. It's like emotional. It's about like um, the ball scene in New York City in the 80s, which I didn't know was a mm. thing until like relatively recently. But they would have these like balls, which were like runways where like people who were queer or just want to dress in drag could like walk. Um, That's where voguing comes from, isn't it? Yes, there was this whole, the episode I just watched was all about Madonna's song Vogue. Oh, I did want to talk about this, actually. I didn't realize what a cultural icon Madonna was. I mean, I kind of knew, but I didn't really understand until I watched this episode about her song Vogue and how the people on the show are like, she's recognizing our community. She's validating Mm -hmm. our experience. Like, this is huge. That Madonna. Well, I'll put Pose on my, I'll put it on my list of things to watch this summer. It's just really nice. Like, I've been hearing a lot about how representation matters in media. And when you watch Pose, you see such, like, complex characters of different backgrounds and, like, 
orientations. It's just nice to watch. Mm-hmm. It's, like, very... I think a lot of, like, who I am as a person is because of the amount of, like, varied media I watched when mm-hmm. I was younger. Like, I watched, like, when I was, like, 16, like, Queer as Folk and, like, The L Word and, like, yeah. all that stuff. And I think it just had a very positive impact on how I see the world. Yeah, I remember, like, growing up, that was something I would hear about is representation and how media is not diverse. And I didn't really, like, understand. But now when I watch old shows like Friends and Frasier and there's (laughs) no diversity, it's, like, really striking. And when you do see it, it's, like, tends to be, like, shallow or stereotypical. Yeah, they make people caricatures. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I would highly recommend Pose. Like, the characters are very nice. I like character-driven stuff. It's very character-driven. I'll put it on my list. Mm-hmm. All right, well, now I'm ready to talk about our topic that I've heard about your life. <laughs> my life is Pose. We can move on. <laughs> Well, our topic for this week is Bo Burnham's Inside. So if you haven't seen it, I feel like you should pause, go watch it, and then come back. Mm-hmm. Because it's you're not going to – you should just watch it and then hear our commentary, I feel. Yes. Don't listen to us and then go watch it. Like, I think it needs to be experienced with as little yeah. beforehand knowledge um, as possible. Yeah. But I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, I like live snapped you as I was watching it. Uh And it, from where I've been the past month, like mentally, it was a lot for me. Like I watched Mm -hmm. that and I like finished it and I was like, okay, like, I don't know how he crawled inside my brain for some of this stuff and like just sat there. But, but anyway, so Bo Burnham's Inside is a, I he- it is a comedy special. I hesitate to call it that. It's more like performance art. It's genre-breaking, um, yeah. Yeah, that he- Bo Burnham, who's a comedian, um, he did this or filmed this all by himself, like literally all by himself, in his house during quarantine over the past like year and a half. Um, and it's mostly songs. It's like interspersed with like skits and things, but for the most part, it's just songs. Um, most of them centering around his like depression, and yeah. his, you know, anxiety and things like that. Um, and also just, like, his worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's very intense. I'm going to go with the word intense. Shall we? Because I just rewatched it and I took notes. Shall we do a deep dive where we go through let's, song by song? Let's deep dive. <laughs> yeah, there are 20 songs. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them are, like, a minute or less long. So. Yes, and some of them are much more, like, Complex. meaty than, yeah, mm-hmm. some of them. Um, all right, so the first song is Content. I just wrote that it was a really good start. It's just, like, kicking it off, like, here's some content. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, like, him, <laughs> the line where he's, like, I made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite <laughs> open uh-huh. wide. It really makes me think about how people, like, present information on the internet. Like, they're like, look, I made you this thing, and you better like it. Um, 
Yeah, but it's like, it's this little intro. Like, here's his content. Because he hasn't made anything in, I think, like, five years. Yeah, like, I don't know a ton about Bo Burnham. I watched one of his older specials today. Like, I'd heard some of his songs and skits, and I knew his name. Um, But I, this was like, unlike, I think, anything he's done or really any other comedy Mm -hmm. special I've seen, this is like a brand new kind of thing that he made. Yeah, it's not comedy in the way that maybe a lot of people are thinking of comedy. This is dark, dark dark-ass comedy. It's comedy slash commentary slash introspection. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So content, that's his intro. He brings you in. He kind of tells you the deal of, like, you know, I'm filming this inside my house. He, like, films it in, like, one room. Yeah. Like, it's not even his whole house. It's just one room. Which, did um, you notice? Compare, I didn't realize how tall he is compared to his door. Like, he's so tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked that you could see... Like, his physical progression through this whole thing of just, like, looking raggedier and raggedier and just, like, not good. So, like, he grows out his hair and his beard throughout the process of it. So, for some songs, you're like, whoa. And then for me, when I watched his older special, Make Happy, that was filmed five years ago, I turned it on. I was like, wow, he, it's been a rough five years for him. (laughs) He looks different. He does. And he's like roughly, he's in our age bracket. He's so. 30. Yeah. Yeah. He's in our age bracket. All right. So the second song he does is called Comedy. Um, and this one, this one I think was like, this is straight up commentary. This one. Mm-hmm. So he talks a lot about, you know, the issues of today, like, a lot of the ones that came up during quarantine not came up. They've always been issues, but were made prevalent mm-hmm. during quarantine. Um, so, you know, all of the racial stuff that's been going on and like wealth and equity and things like that. And he sings the song about how he's going to just solve it all through the medium of comedy. Yeah. I really liked this one. I kind of starred my favorite songs, my top five, and this was one of them. I like that he talks just about, like, white guilt and, like, our tendency to want to be, like, the white savior and what can I do? Mm -hmm. And we need to realize that, like, everything that's going on is not about us and maybe we should shut the fuck up, like, and take a back seat. Yeah, there's – no, it's not this song where he talks about that. There's another song where I'm thinking of. But, yeah, just, like – yeah, what does he say? He says – the world is so fucked up. Systematic oppression, income inequality, the other stuff. And there's only one thing I can do about it while being paid and being the center of attention. Yeah. And he talks about, like, should I be joking in a time like this? And just, like, how at least I related to, like, I don't know what we're supposed to do right now. I don't know what's appropriate. I don't know what's offensive. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Like, you don't. I think it's this whole, like, I see this discussion on TikTok sometimes when I fall on that side of TikTok where it's just, like, it's not about you and it doesn't need to be about you. Mm -hmm. And you can just let other people take the lead in this situation. Like, this is not the place for us to be taking the lead. I love, there's, like, one line about how him being a straight white male and how they've been in control for 600 Uh years and it's not his turn now. (laughs) Yeah, what does he say? He's like... Yeah, so American white guys, we've had the floor for at least 400 years, so maybe I should just shut the fuck up 
And then he's like, no, I'm bored. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be another way. The, like, melody of the song was really nice, too. Like, all the songs are, like, bops. They're really catchy. They are. He's really they musically really talented. He is. I agree. So the next song I related to so <laughs> I wrote, one of my notes was Sarah and her mom. (laughs) Literally, I rewatched and took notes, and that's what I wrote down. (laughs) The song is called FaceTime with my mom tonight. (laughs) And it's all about, like, FaceTiming with your parents or your mom and, like, just getting so frustrated. (laughs) Literally. That's the dynamic. It's like frustration at trying to explain technology to them and also just almost like despair at this is what you're doing with your time, but also needing that time because we're literally. all so isolated. Yeah. I was like, I literally FaceTime with my parents every day during quarantine, sometimes for like 30 minutes to like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and oh my god, there's the line. She'll hold her iPhone 5 no further than six inches from her face. My mother still has an iPhone 5. She does. <laughs> that was so long ago. Let's <laughs> put so that out there. And she does this thing that drives me nuts where she'll try to show me something, but instead of flipping the screen, she'll just turn the phone around. <laughs> That's why it's great because it's like millennials and their boomer parents, like, just... Yeah, in this, like, weird time trying to connect through technology, which divides our generations. How the world works. This fucking song. This is a good one. Okay, so this song is Bo Burnham singing, and he has a sock puppet on his hand. And the sock puppet is, like, trying to tell you about the world, and then Bo Burnham's character is kind of, like, narrating it, but Mm -hmm. then it gets deeper and I just, you can talk about it before I talk about the thing that I took away from this. <laughs> so it's set up like the song style is like a children's show and it's very like upbeat, bright colors. But then the content of the song is talking about actually how does the world work and he and the song or the sock go back and forth about like, you know, <laughs> genocide and power mm-hmm. and society. So it's like. The content is very dark and then there's this like power struggle where Bo Burnham like tells the sock to like apologize or shut up and then the sock like acquiesces Mm -hmm. to him. So it's just this like, yeah, it just shows how the world actually works. So there's a part in it. So the sock is going, the sock's name is Socko in the song um let's and he starts like going off, yeah right right so Sako's going off about like you know private property and neoliberal fascists and you know the pedophilic corporate elite and shit uh-huh. like that and Bo Burnham's like no you have to stop talking and Sako's like no 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 and he's like he says look who's on whose hand here mm-hmm. and that part of it I was just like because at the end of the day no matter what we all say That's still the hand we're all on. Yeah. There's an inherited power structure that we're all in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, the end of the song is basically Bo Burnham being like, I will, like, shut you up and put you down. And Sokka's like, no, don't put me away. Don't, like. And he's like, are you going to behave? And he, like, looks at him. And then he's like, yes, sir. Yeah. And 
It's just very... And then Sokka, like, agrees to it, and then Bo just rips the sock off his hand, silencing him. Mm -hmm. It's just, like... Because that's how the world works. That's how the world works. And it's, again, it's, like, set up like you're a child watching this lighthearted thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that's, like, the untold truth behind it. Yeah, it's very much almost like... You know, people in power are letting people talk, but the minute they want them to stop, they'll just cut it off. The minute they start saying what they don't want them to say, then they're silenced. Yeah. The song is deep, yo. Like, if I had to pick, like, a top three songs on here that were just like, oh, shit, like, this is one of them. Before we go on to the next song, I loved the, like, interlude before the next song where he talks about, like, corporations and how we expect corporations to have, like, social consciences now. Oh, I know. And he's like, like... who are you, Bagel Bites? Like, what do you stand (laughs) for? (laughs) Yeah. I like that, too, because we argue a lot in America about, or, like, a big issue that people have is treating corporations like people, right? Like, like it's mm-hmm. an entity. Um, but then at the same time, we expect these corporations to have, like, fucking opinions on shit and, like... Yeah. When really all a corporation wants at the end of the day is to make money and maybe they'll mm-hmm. care about social issues if that means that you'll support them more by buying their product. But that's not mm-hmm. what they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of like all of this, you know, stuff with Pride Month and how all of these corporations like have these pride yeah. collections, but then they donate money to like people like Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And so it's like, it's, at the end of the day, it's just about money. I love the part where he was like, the question is no longer, will you buy Wheat Thins? The question is, will you support Wheat Thins in the fight against Lyme disease? (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy that he made all of this basically in like a vacuum. I know. Like, he's really fucking smart. Mm -hmm. Like, I definitely need a person at least to bounce things off of. I don't know that I could ever hope to make something like this in a vacuum. When you look at the credits, there's really only like five people in the credits. It's like him and then mm-hmm. someone who like worked on the color editing and then like a, like some kind of producer. And it's not a lot of people. It's like really him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just him. Well, the next song. And I felt some people probably felt called out by this song. I did not. But yeah. I'm sure some people did. And that is White Woman's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So he just sings about just the all the common things you see on White Women's Instagram and how it's like shallow. I have a question. Uh-huh. So he has so he's going through all these shallow things, right? He's like mm-hmm. talks about, you know, quotes being incorrectly attributed and like fomart and pumpkins and cozy socks and then he has that part in the bridge where he talks about a girl leaving a caption about like her dead parents i love that part yeah and i was like you can't really tell if he what he thinks at the end of the day about this sort of thing because that part was like very out of context with the rest of it you know yeah, for me, that part 
he like takes this whole part to focus on one post on this white woman's Instagram about her mom dying and missing her and the memories they had. And for me, when I was watching it, I got teary eyed because I thought like, oh, that's real. Like that's a real Mm -hmm. thing that kind of snuck through. And that's what really like makes me connect. Mm -hmm. So it's like amidst all this other like bullshit of people posting about aesthetics or whatever then you have Mm -hmm. someone having a real experience and then he kind of pigeonholes it at the end where like the last thing he really just says that he sees is like three little words a couple of doves a ring on her finger from the person that she loves Mm -hmm. is this heaven and i don't know it's like i don't know it's i think you're right it's kind of finding a moment of truth in like a sea of bullshit And I think it's showing that, like, with social media, like, you can, it does have this power for you to, like, connect with people and, like, real experiences that we all have. But for the most part, it's, like, superficial shit. Like, that's not how people Mm -hmm. use it. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah, I was happy that when I listened to the song, I've literally done none of these things. Okay, the next song. (laughs) The next song is like less than a minute long. And I thought it was so funny. It's called Unpaid Intern. It's just about like the workforce and how people are expected to work and not be paid. But then like it has this jazzy swingy style. And I died Mm -hmm. at the end when he starts scatting. He's like, (laughs) is this? (laughs) And then it cuts out in the middle of it. So is this the one where he, like, is reacting to himself react and reacting to himself react, like, in that, like, sea of reactions? Is that this song? Um, yeah. So, in, so yeah, he starts singing the song, and then he has... He's making fun of YouTube reaction videos and how people make, like, a living reacting to other people's content. But he, it's, like, him singing the song, and then it, <laughs> like him reacting to him singing the song (laughs) but then him reacting to that reaction of him reacting and it just keeps like zooming out and zooming out and um yeah i love that i felt that that's how my brain works i analyze and overanalyze and i'm like well this is what i was thinking and then this is what i was thinking when i was thinking about that kind of thing yeah and it's like i watch a lot of reaction videos on youtube And I could just feel his censure (laughs) on some of that stuff. Because sometimes I'll watch those videos and literally it will be somebody reacting to a video and they don't say anything. Yeah. Like they all just sit there and watch it and that's the video. Let's move on to the next one. We need to keep kind of a steady clip here. All right. So the next one is Bezos number one. (laughs) Because apparently (laughs) Bo Burnham has a lot of feelings about Jeffrey Bezos. (laughs) I... Like, I found everything in this musical so relatable, but when I saw this, I was like, yes! Yes, how everybody, like, worships at the feet of Jeffrey Bezos, like, making a lot of money is the, like, most important thing a person can do. Uh-huh. And, and like... <laughs> really? You want... You want someone with that... At least for me, I want someone with that much opportunity and resources to make the world a better place. I want them... To do mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. And he can get away with anything. And there's <laughs> the end of the song. He says, 
come on, Jeff, go get him. And then there's this like piano the break. Solo. There's it's like this eighties like Depeche Mode style. There's this piano break, and then he just screams. <laughs> That's how the song ends. <laughs> And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, but we'll come back because he has another song about Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah, there's a reprisal. Uh, but the next song that I did not, like, I, I get the song, but I was like, all right, this might be my least favorite. And that's Sexting. Agreed. Yeah, it was fine. Um, But yeah, he just talks about, like, sexting. Yeah, yeah. it's like. I wrote that it was pretty funny and it's like in the style of a lot of songs that are like popular right now um, and just using like emojis and trying to like, I don't know, connect with people through just sending emojis, which is like Mm -hmm. awkward. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it was fine. It's not as like deep as some of his his other ones. Yeah, I would say it's, it's if there is a weak point, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then he moves on to Look Who's Inside Again. <sighs> yeah, I really liked that one. I put It's a short one, but I started as one of my favorites. She's talking about, like, being inside. And I like how the way this one is shot, it's, like, the process. Like, there's certain points where it's him filming the process of creating these songs. And for this one, mm-hmm. he's really mean to himself. He's like, Mm -hmm. you took that breath too long. Like, stop it. And then at the end, he's like, okay, one more time. Even though you know that that was the take he ended up using, he wanted to, like, do more takes. So you're like, Mm -hmm. he really, I don't know, like, cracks the lip on himself. Uh huh. He, like, ruminates on can you be funny when you're stuck in a room by yourself? Um, and, like, then he kind of moves it into a conversation about, like, kids being, like, stuck in their room, whether, like, you're in trouble or whatever it is. Um, and then he, like, swings it, and this is really, I think, in the special before he's really talked about his past, like, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I went out to look for a reason to hide again. Well, well, buddy, you found it. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, it's like... Really a look inside his head, I think. And when he said, look who's inside again, I think he's referring to the fact that, you know, he had five years of, like, yeah, not really doing anything. I really like yeah. the melody of that one, though. It's, like, really nice. It was good. I liked it a lot. So the next one is Problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think this one is such a glimpse at just where we are as a society right now. I really like this one, and I like the 80s flash dance style and aesthetic of it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's working out, he's sweating, and he's talking about his past problematic behaviors, and is he going to be called out? Should he call himself out first? Does that excuse the behavior? Yeah, it's just very, like, what's right, what's wrong? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's we a lot of people recently we've been seeing it a lot on YouTube and other places where people are walking this line. And even if you say you're sorry and you really mean it, if you don't say it in the right way or in the right context, people don't want to fucking hear it. And so, yeah, it's I think the biggest 
example of that i like at least in our sphere and like what we consume is like the jenna marbles versus shane dawson apologies and how it just went very different for the two of them um even though they were apologizing for basically the same thing these are very like unchartered waters that we're in and for people like Bo Burnham or Jenna Marbles or Shane Dawson who've been in the public eye since they were like teenagers. Yeah, teenagers you're gonna are do some idiots. dumb shit. Teenagers are you do some dumb idiots. Shit. Yeah. So it's like you everyone has skeletons in their closets, so it's like, what do you do? You know? Yeah, like the outro of this song, he's like, I'm really fucking sorry, bitch, I'm trying to listen. Shit, I've been complicit. Sorry. If I'm gonna catch up, first I gotta fess up. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And then he says something about, like, he just remembered there's, like, Aladdin um, costumes in his mother's attic, and he's going to burn them. I was burning them wrong. Like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I liked it because he was asking people to hold him accountable, but also asking, like, you know, how do we do that? Yeah. In a way that lets people grow and doesn't just, you know... Yeah. Crush them to bits. Especially if you're like a comic. I think mm-hmm. like comedy is a, I don't know. I think a lot of comedians are kind of wrestling with the facts of what are you allowed to make jokes about? Like what's not okay? Yeah. Is everything up for grabs? Are certain things taboo? Like, And that like really swings back to his, oh God, what was the other song where he kind of talks about this? Comedy. Comedy. Yeah. It swings back to that song. So... Yeah, this one's a good one. And that leads me to 30. 30. <laughs> this, I feel like, is a kind of um, turning point where you really see kind of what a bad state he's in. Uh-huh. And I have to say, I have been in this place where, like, he is at when he writes the song. And this is, like, juxtaposed with him sitting in a room at, like, midnight waiting for himself to turn 30 and just yeah. like watching the clock and then doesn't he cry after it uh, i think or he, he just of, goes like he looks down and then i think he goes into the song and the it's song, like yeah. it's he's turning 30 but it's him in a room and he has his phone with like the light on and he just like turns it around him as if he's like in i don't know like a club or a music video but it's like a discotheque it's a discotheque yeah it's just like him in his underwear and i just thought it was so again like relatable about i mean as Mm -hmm. you get older you're like yay i'm 30 (laughs) yeah the bridge of this song is literally just him going over and over like my stupid friends are having stupid children. And <laughs> let me just so tell you. Funny. Let me just tell you. I <laughs> We love our friends and we love our friends' kids. I love all your kids. For- yes, I do. Dearly. But it was sometimes so funny. <laughs> He says, my stupid friends are having stupid children, and then my stupid friends and their stupid fucking boring children. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, mm. you know, a reminder about how everyone's moving on to, like, a different point in their life, and you are, like, you know. 
turning 30 in your underwear with your cell phone. (laughs) It's just different. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, literally, it's just, like, having texts back and forth with people during quarantine. And, like, they're stuck at home with their kids. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm laying on the ground in my underwear, drinking wine, listening to, like, records. You're like, I've been drunk for two weeks straight. (laughs) Like... (laughs) so yeah and then the song ends really hard and he's like i'll do another 10 20 30 i'll be 40 and kill myself then and the song fucking ends that's yeah like that's and this is the song before i think like the intermission and this is like a change in the tone where you realize like Mm -hmm. oh this is really about his mental health struggles yeah you you can see the divergence it's very clear yeah because then he moves into the song don't want to know where he basically like asks are you liking the show like do you think it's fun before that can i talk about the interlude that i thought was brilliant where it starts off with him talking about like you know if you're having suicidal thoughts like you really don't want to kill yourself like blah 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 and then it takes that recording and it projects it on himself later and his beard's longer and his hair's longer mm-hmm. and he looks like he's not sure about what he was saying in the past anymore which i was like oh my god <laughs> he does some like really like straight up performance art like yeah oh, like there wow. I can't remember where it falls in the special, but there's one where if you've ever watched a Twitch stream, he basically, Mm -hmm. he puts himself in a room and he pretends like he's a video game and he's like running a Twitch stream and like playing himself go around the room. And it's literally just him walking around the room and then he cries and he walks around the room and he cries and it just, I was like... And it's like him dissociating and feeling like you're not living real life. Like this isn't yeah. real. Yeah. Very Matrix style, if you will. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, but there were a couple points where something flashes in the corner of the screen. When I was rewatching it, I noticed it the first time and then I was rewatching it today and I rewound it. And it's a glimpse of him as that streamer like playing himself so it's happening like throughout the special like showing that he's dissociating the whole time (laughs) oh god Bo, Bo. i know (laughs) jeez all right so anyway don't want to know he just like basically asks like are you still watching are you enjoying the show i'd give away the ending but you don't want to know it's basically just like bringing you into the next part of the special yeah which brings us to one of my favorite songs, and that song is Shit. Oh, <laughs> that one was a rough one. This song reminds me so much of the, like, six months after we graduated college and how fucking yeah. depressed I was. And, yeah, this this is it. This is it. It's my another lyrics won't load. It's another one where it's, like, this, the melody's upbeat and he's like projecting bright happy colors but then the mm-hmm. lyrics are like I haven't showered in nine days I feel like shit <laughs> yeah I think it's the most upbeat song of the entire yeah special and it's all just like hey you feel like shit I feel like shit like mm-hmm. oh 
feeling like a saggy, massive sack of shit. Big old motherfucking duffel bag of shit. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. That's been the past month. Same. Like I heard the song and I was just like, oh, God. And there's a part in it where he's like, look in the mirror and say, what's up, you useless fuck? And I'm like, I literally said that to myself in the mirror. Yeah, that's why I love this special is because he, like, goes there and we're all, like... He does. You and me and other people were like, oh, it's okay because Mm -hmm. other people feel that way. (laughs) Yeah, so he introduces it with this and then he really drives it fucking home with all-time low, which is really just... Most of it's just him talking. It's him talking and then he just kind of breaks down at the end. That's yeah. the all-time low of his mental health, I think he says. Yeah, he, like, ends it with, so, um, yeah, not not doing great. Which is how I describe how I'm feeling when I talk to my therapist and I've been, like, the worst ever. Yeah. And that's how I describe it. Not great. Not, you know, oh, God, it's just such, like, a depressed person thing to say. Yeah, you just kind of, like, dismiss it. And then he jumps into Welcome to the Internet, which is great. That's one of my favorites. It's one of my top five. Yeah, so he basically just talks about the internet and how it's basically, like, constant stimulation of fucking anything you could want. Um, It has, like, a carnival feel to it. You feel like he's that mm-hmm. person at the carnival drawing you in. And it, a repeating line is a little bit of everything all of the time. But then mm-hmm. the, like sense of it is that it's overwhelming it's information overload and it's a combination of like you know vapid entertaining stuff at one end of the spectrum and then at the other end it's like really deep dark stuff and it's disturbing Mm -hmm. and it's all just thrown at you together yeah he's like see a man beheaded get offended see a strength show us pictures of your children tell us every thought you think start a rumor buy a broom or send a death threat to a boomer Oh, God, DM a girl and groom her. Do a Zoom or find a tumor. He talks about, like, incels and how Mm -hmm. they're kind of, um, like, encouraged on the internet and conspiracy theories. And I wrote down that I thought that this was one of his most, like, complex songs in terms of structure because it starts off with that, like, welcome to the internet. And then it moves into this, like, different verse where it's, like, slower and sweeter about the generation that was brought up with the internet Mm -hmm. and like um at the end of that verse there's like maniacal laughing and then it goes back into the frantic like welcome to the internet thing it's Mm -hmm. just like really interesting to me yeah he doesn't hit the chorus of the song um until like over halfway through like he runs through like four or five verses before he six verses before he even gets to the part where he's like could i interest you in everything all of the time yeah like it takes him a while to get there i love that apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime yeah it's very like you feel like you're getting kind of trapped into it that is how the internet is though that's accurate like it just swirls you in and then you can't escape Oh, I love that one. That's one of my top five. Well done, Belle. Well done. 
Then there's like an interlude, a brief one where he talks about how he feels like he's getting towards the end of the project and he's like scared of finishing it. And he's just not Mm going to finish it because I don't know, maybe that gives him purpose in his life or a way to cope. He won't have anything. Yeah. With what's happening. Yeah. And then (laughs) it's Bezos number two. (laughs) I love these Bezos songs. (laughs) Yo, this one is so fucking catchy when he's like <laughs> jeffrey bezos <laughs> did you think he was dressed like rolf from the muppet babies or the muppets he's dressed like a I, fuzzy dog i thought he was rolf playing the piano <laughs> i did not even notice <laughs> he's dressed yeah like i thought that was him and he's very like um sarcastic and like bezos you did it congratulations yeah Oh, man. And like, I'm like, what did he do? You know, but literally the song is just him saying his name over and over and over. And then he's just like, you did it. Congratulations. That's it. That's the song. I want to know if Jeffrey Bezos watched this and what his thoughts are. Oh, I read that Jeffrey Bezos. It was supposed to be maybe this. This might have just been something I read, but that it was supposed to be on Amazon Prime, too. And Jeffrey Bezos wouldn't let them put it on there. (gasps) Oh, because of that song, you think? I'm like, if that's true, though, way to be fragile, man. I was reading that Jeffrey Bezos, like, for all intents and purposes, is a self-made person. Like, he came from, like, a normal background, and now he's Mm -hmm. one of the richest people in the world. Whoop-dee-doo. Exactly. That's the feel of the song. Uh, And then my favorite. My my favorite, favorite too. It's the best song in the whole special. And it's that funny feeling. And you can decide for yourself what the funny feeling is. That was a question. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to we'll have to discuss what we each thought the funny feeling was, because I know what I think it is. But Uh um, it's basically a song where he starts pointing out things in our current society that maybe are a little eh, or make you like pause sometimes or just make you, you know, think. And he like puts them next to each other and then he's like there it is that that funny feeling (laughs) he'll like go back and forth between again kind of the superficial things that happen in our pop culture and then the scary shit that happens in our society like the mass shootings and global warming the line where he's like what is it it's like mass shootings and then a gift shop at let me see if i can find it it's like that that line Mass shootings at the mall. Yeah. A gift shop at the gun range, a mass shooting at the mall. There are two other lines I wrote down. The whole world at your fingerprints, the ocean at your door. And Mm -hmm. then 20,000 years of this, seven more to go. So for me, the funny feeling is existential dread. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, it's that little feeling that you get where you're just like, "Mm." Okay. Yeah, I was thinking it was a combination of dread, fear, and guilt. And Mm -hmm. I was also thinking how this is like a modern, sadder version of like, we didn't start the fire. Mm hmm. But just like in the last couple years of like internet culture. Yeah, he definitely, like, he starts the song off not that intense. Like, he talks about, like, meditation apps and Deadpool self-awareness. 
And then towards the end of it, he really like pulls into like a book on getting better, hand delivered by a drone, total disassociation, fully out of your mind, Googling derealization, hating what you find, that unapparent summer air in early fall, the quiet comprehending of the ending of it all. Yeah, I think that this song's like the best in the whole special and he like zooms in as it gets more intense and then it like zooms out at the end. Mm-hmm. And I also yeah. notice like at this point he's projecting, he does like all these lights and projections of backgrounds and he's doing more like nature ones, like forest and like clouds mm-hmm. and stuff towards the end. Yeah, he does this one in front of like a campfire. There's, like, trees, and it's, like, spooky yeah. and dark. I think it's the only one he does just with a guitar, too. It's, like, not synthy or anything. I love it. This one's my favorite one of the whole thing. Yeah, this one's kind of, like, inspires a quiet dread. Like, the end of it, he talks about, hey, what can you say? We were overdue, but it'll be over soon. Just wait. I know. When he says we were overdue, it just reminds me of, like, people talking about hey we're overdue for that volcanic eruption Mm -hmm. as if it's dismissing how scary it is and how much you don't want it to happen or how like (laughs) empires only typically exist around like 250 years and the united states is coming up on that and it really makes sense that this song leads into the next one which is all eyes on me which is my second favorite same (laughs) songs are just subjectively the best i think yeah, the song is, like, I think objectively for me to listen to is my, like, to and to sing with is my favorite. But, like, content-wise, I like the funny feeling one more. This one is, like, a reprisal of the theme from Don't Wanna Know. And it, I really like this one because, like, I don't know that much about Bo Burnham, but he just talks about how he had to quit performing for five years because of his panic attacks. And then... In January of 2020, he was like, I got to get back out there. I need to get re-enter the world. And then we all know mm-hmm. what happened. It's interesting because a lot of the song, he inserts like applause and he inserts like audience sounds where he hasn't really done that in previous songs. It's like all eyes on me. And he says, like, get your fucking hands up. And the song ends with him getting mad that we or that no one in where he is has gotten their hands up and he takes the camera and he's like moving it around and Mm -hmm. just the like frustration of it i guess yeah and like the whole part of it he's like you say the ocean's rising like i give a shit you say the whole world's ending honey it already did that's how i feel i feel like our generation is very like I don't know. At least for me, I'm very, like, apathetic and, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) things are terrible. (laughs) The world's ending. I can't trust the government. Like, systematic systems don't work because they're corrupt. Like, (laughs) yep. You're not going to slow it. Heaven knows you tried. Got it. Good. Now get inside. And then he says, like, the water's fine. (laughs) Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Man. Yeah, this one, especially, like, parts of this, like, this song, it's not R&B, but it's, like, very smooth, a lot of it, Mm -hmm. and he has, like, a lot of reverb on his voice in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how a lot of his songs are done in different styles, and they're done in, some of them are done in, like, styles of, like, what's popular right now, like, there's kind of a Post Malone kind of Mm -hmm. style to one of his songs. 
We're almost at the end. We are. Before we get to the next song, there's another short interlude where he's editing. And you can see his, like, despair at the thought of, like, almost being done with this whole project. And then he breaks down at the end. He starts sobbing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a real sob. It was not, like, a performance sob. Like, that was just him losing his shit. (laughs) It reminded me of, like, did you ever see the movie Zero Dark Thirty? I have not. Jessica Chastain is, like, trying to find Osama Bin Laden, and the whole movie is about it. And then at the end, when Osama Bin Laden's finally dead, it ends with her sobbing. Because, like, what's her life's purpose now? Like, that's her whole identity, you know? I get that. So, the second to last song is Goodbye. That's the name of it. Um, And he, like, the song starts, like, he started writing this song at the beginning of everything. And then, like, finishes at the end is what I took away from it. Yeah, it's, like, shocking because at the beginning it shows him being, like, all right, this is, like, goodbye. And his beard is short and his hair is short. So you're, like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's what he looked like at the beginning of this project. This has been a long emotional process. Yeah. And he just talks – he, like, references – like a like his earlier song like welcome to the internet and stuff um and then he kind of references other things he's been talking about like he talks does anybody want to joke when no one's laughing in the background which is kind of a reference like the previous song um so this is how it ends i promise to never go outside again um yeah and then he kind of just he He kind of falls apart a little bit He does reprisals of a lot of, like, the previous songs, and he does, like, flashbacks of the, like, videos from it. And, yeah, he does. He, like, falls apart at the end, and he says, I'm staying inside. And it's like he's afraid to go outside, which I know I've, like, felt, too. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that a lot right now. There's, like, a line where he says, am I right back where I started 14 years ago? And I'm just, like, I really felt that. I felt that. If you wake up in a house that's full of smoke, I'll panic, so call me up and tell me a joke. That was um, a callback to, I think, comedy, where he's, like, what's the Mm -hmm. point of comedy? (laughs) Yeah, like, I think he changes up the word. So in comedy, I think he says, like, if you wake up in a house full of smoke, call me and I'll tell you a joke. And this time it's if I wake up in a house that's full of smoke, I'll panic. So call me and tell me a joke. Wow. That's pretty much the end. And then it shows him going out of the door and going outside. But then the point of view switches to being outside and seeing him come out. And he's on like a soundstage. And then he's like Mm -hmm. desperately trying to go back inside and there's an audience laughing at him as if it's like slapstick comedy <laughs> and he's like naked and like <laughs> yeah he's naked Can't when get he's in the going door. outside and then i don't remember if he's naked when he's outside or not i think he's like naked and if i'm remembering he's like trying to unlock the door and he's like hanging off the door he's and, like, like banging the spotlight. on it yeah yeah and the spotlight's on him and everybody's laughing And it zooms out to show him watching this in some kind of, like, projector room. So he's still, like, my thought was he's still inside. 
And yeah. it's like, are we still inside too? What is what does it mean to be inside? Yeah, like, are we inside in quarantine? Are we inside in our minds? Are we inside our trauma still? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm on. So I've been like looking at the lyrics on Genius, and they have you know like little annotations for all this stuff. And the annotation for this one is just the the end song. So there is a song that plays over the like end lyrics and it's just I think he says like any day now it just says that over and over um and it says this song plays over the credits reminding the viewer that the pandemic will end or possibly leaving them with one final irony as he repeats the mantra inside everyone's head for over a year which has been proven wrong with every government failure to control the virus and successful tightening of social distancing restrictions so like how yeah. we kept telling each other it'll be over soon and it it wasn't and yeah. isn't yeah oh my god this was such a trip and i think it'll be i think this is gonna win um what do tv shows win emmys or Oscars? Emmys. emmys emmys like this is i think a time capsule i think it's like a groundbreaking genre bending performance mm-hmm. you know i agree did you understand all of my Snapchats I sent to you after you watched it? Yeah. A lot of them were just being alarmed for Bo and his mental state, and I agree. <laughs> I was like a lot of snaps of me just making a face and just like watching in horror. I was trying to think of like the last time I watched something that I was just blown away by, and the only thing I can think of was just not on this level, but a touch of it was Nanette. Did you watch Nanette? I did not. I don't watch a lot of, like, deep stuff because it upsets me. (laughs) Nanette, if y'all haven't watched it, it is upsetting. It's, again, it's a comedy special, but it's not, which is why it reminded Mm -hmm. me of this, where you think it's about something, and then it kind of turns in tone partway through, and it's really about something else, and there's, like, a deeper message to it. But, yeah, it was really good. (sighs) I feel exhausted for going through this. I think this was um important though i think it was like I agree. really remarkable and really relatable for just this time and our generation i think and i think it says a lot about humor in that i think sometimes we lose like that's that side of humor that is like introspective and is questioning and does like push boundaries because honestly i think a lot of boundary pushing comes through comedy yeah you know and like asking what's okay and what's acceptable and i think you know historically a lot of times that comes through comedy and i think people forget that yeah exactly comedy is like a safer space for you to question other things and this is like psychology meets society meets culture meets meets like creativity it's just mm-hmm. yeah really interesting this is a very cerebral episode we just had this may be the smartest we've ever been <laughs> <laughs> guys we didn't like google any of this no this no is this just is just talking a, the only thing i googled were lyrics watch it you should it's on the netflix give it a go if you are overwhelmed easily, maybe like watch it in half. Like wait to the halfway point, take a break, go back. 
It's only an hour and 15 minutes long, even though we've been mm-hmm. talking about it for almost that long. That's how complex it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, I'd like to say next week will be lighter because we're going to talk about Harry Potter. But And honestly, I think we might have to take two episodes to talk about Harry Potter, <laughs> knowing us. Um, but next week, hopefully, it'll be a little lighter. Maybe not. I know my question about Azkaban is not light. It's not a light be a question. Good I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. I I really do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us. We hope that you went and watched this before you listened to this. But if you didn't, still go watch it. Follow us on all the things. Follow us on all the things. And Bye. We'll, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>